Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on The Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to talk about science at home, a homeschool parent's guide to integrating STEM into everyday life. And my guest today is... I'm going to pull this up. <laughs> My guest today is Tina um, Salmanowitz. I'm going to say that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, Tina is a passionate educator and mother who holds a Bachelor's of Art in Early Education um, and a Master's in Education and Curriculum Instruction with a focus on science education. She started her career in education in 2007, teaching life science in middle, to middle school students. And in 2020, she decided to resign from that and homeschool, which led to her discussion discovery of the benefits of outdoor learning when she enrolled her oldest in a forest school and as te- and eventually was teaching a preschool program there that then led to her being inspired to start her own program called Little Monsters Universe. Welcome Tina to the show. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. When Tina and I um we're talking ahead of the show, and then we had a, a previous conversation just about um, integrating science into life. And I, I'm just so excited about this topic. I, I sent out an email to our community saying, "Want to throw away one of those curriculum books?" <laughs> and um, and I, I think you know we we hold so tight sometimes to that old way of doing education. And so I'm excited about this conversation and everything, your ideas that you have to share with us, and just the impact difference of approaching science from this direction. Um, so was science always something that you have loved um, from early on or no? No, no. So that's like, that's part of like the journey that, you know, got me to where I am. I did not always love science. In fact, hmm. Um, I wasn't always good at it either. A lot of times it was very boring. It was yeah. just dry. I was reading a textbook um, and it wasn't really a, exciting for me. Right. Um, and I had two teachers in particular that I'll, I'll never forget because <laughs> they 
introduced me to this other way of science where it was very hands-on and took us out of that textbook. Right. Um, and we would go into the field, we would observe trees. We had like a tree that we had to like watch and, you know, make notes about throughout the seasons and saw how it changed. Right. We got to draw and write about it. Right. Um, and then a biology teacher that um, had hands-on dissections. And, and that really is what sparked a lot of my curiosity. Because um, prior to that, I, it really wasn't interesting to me. Right. Yeah. Well, science in a book isn't meant, I mean, science isn't meant to be in a book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all, everywhere and all around us. And, and so, yeah, excited to, um, to, to kind of dive into that. And, and, you know, coming from a person who didn't like it in that way um, makes it even more exciting. Cause I think a lot of our kids and parents, you know, um, if you're watching um, and comment, feel free to comment wherever you're, you're watching from. But if you've got those kids that it's, you know, they don't like it when, when you're doing the workbook pages, they, they check out and science can be so, so fun. And you'd rather they experience it like, like you did um, early on and, and catch that um, versus, you know, realizing later in life, oh, you know, this, this is actually a great thing. <laughs> and I uh, um, wish I would have discovered it earlier. Um, so let's talk about a mind shift change first for, um, for people who have been teaching it that way or were raised um, to have science in a textbook or in a classroom um, and approach from me, maybe more of a theoretical um, approach versus this hands-on discovery approach. Um, what needs to change in their thinking? So like thinking that like science is just a subject and we need a textbook um, to read about it and we're just giving kids that content um, mm -hmm. that needs to shift to like science is a way of thinking. And we yeah. want kids to think like a scientist. We yes. want them making observations. We want them asking questions, mm -hmm. essentially making sense of the world around them. Um, and when we're able to change that mindset, it then becomes easier to incorporate science into our daily lives. Yeah, um, so, yeah then we're viewing these problem-solving moments, these everyday interactions that we have, we're viewing them um, as opportunities to get our uh -huh. like scientists to engage in these scientific processes mm -hmm. um, that, you know, really fosters this lifelong journey of learning. And then the content yeah. becomes secondary. Right. Yes. But at the same time, the content does stick better. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're doing it. They're being involved. And it really does help that content to stick. So mm -hmm. when you have that focus that we're, we're focusing on thinking like a scientist first, the content will just naturally come with it. Yeah, yeah. And what about failure? I, I, I would love to hear your response on this, because science is a lot about failure. So how do how do we approach that to especially you know a lot of kids within our community are very perfectionistic a lot of kids on the spectrum tend to be how can science help with that mind shift that failure is not a bad thing it's failure is necessary um, mm. especially in the world of science to to help you to learn from that and those failures are helping you to figure out like what went wrong and mm -hmm. what can we do to, you know, change that um, to get to the results that we want. So I kind mm -hmm. of find failure, especially in science to kind of be important. Like it's important to, you know, fail at things to, to better our understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's such a, it's so different than the typical mindset, you know, of kids, they just want to get it perfect and do it right and yes. do like the best thing possible because, and then they fail at it and then they give up. But yeah, so yeah, my, my oldest, um, she struggles with that a lot. <laughs> and I found like incorporating art into science has been really helpful mm. for us personally. Um, 
because it's like, there's no, there's no right or wrong here. It's your art, yeah. your vision and letting her just experiment and um, really just being creative with a lot mm -hmm. of stuff. And I felt like that really has helped her overcome some of that because she is also like that perfectionist that like, I need to get it right. Like she's like afraid to even answer a question if she's going to get it wrong. Um, right. No matter how much I say, like, it, it doesn't matter. Like we, you know, failure or like getting it wrong, making mistakes is how we learn. Like that's mm -hmm. how we learn. Mm -hmm. And then showing her too. Um, I think it's important also to show kids that like we make mistakes as well and it's right. okay. You know, we're learning from our own mistakes and those two exactly. things I think has helped at least with my oldest. Yeah. That's, and you bring up something that's really important too, is that science is more of an art than it is, um, uh, a right and wrong type of thing. And we, we forget that because we, we look at hypotheses and experiments from long ago that, that people figured out or, you know, di through dissections and, and lots of things, but there's so much even now that, that medical people, scientists are discovering and they're realizing they were wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we may even teach out a textbook and what you're teaching out of a textbook might be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so think about that for a second and, um, and think about then contrasting it with discovery. And is it so different that you're not using a, you know, a curriculum that was written out word for word for you and that you might mess up your child yeah. <laughs> by not teaching it by the book. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it's a lot of food for thought and, um, and making that shift. Have you found, you know, as far as like parents that come to you with their kids, have they already made this mind shift or do you, is there anything that um, you have um, found to be helpful to them when, if they do struggle with, well, what else do we have to do? Um, in addition to, you know, this hands-on discovery stuff that you're doing. Yeah. I think, a, I think a lot of parents have that mentality of like, what do we need to cover mm, versus mm -hmm. like, you know, th like that's like the whole point of the mind, the mindset shift, because mm -hmm. it is, it's all about like, what content do I need to cover? What do they need to know? Um, versus like, them focusing on those science and engineering practices. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that's a big thing that, you know, we work on. That's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's the practices that will lead to our children's own discoveries. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410.
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. So, so what kinds of practices do, do you move towards versus just opening a book and, you know, in general, overall thinking? So, um, and then I'll, and I'll share a few examples as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like, like the whole um, thinking like a scientist that I talk about is that like problem solving, thinking critically, trying to figure things out on their own. Um, so I'll give some examples, especially things yeah. that we've done in our home um, that we do like in everyday life. So one of our favorite things to do, like I'm not huge in the kitchen. I'm not, I don't love to cook, uh-huh. um, but I know some families do. And and cooking and being in the kitchen is a great place to incorporate a lot of science. Mm-hmm. Um, we personally, we make our own maple syrup. Um, oh, so that's that something <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I love doing that with my kids. I'm not, you know, this a major chef or anything. Um, but I do enjoy the whole process of making the maple syrup hmm. and, um, it really gets them to like think critically with us and learn and, and ask questions along the way. Right. Um, so we start off like in the fall, but we identify the trees and they help, they look for patterns to identify hmm. like, what does the leaf look like? The shapes, the patterns, the, the bark. Um, We identify that tree. Then we tap it and we talk about the different temperatures and they're outside. They're Mm -hmm. with us. Like they're feeling like the temperature changes and seeing how the the sap will start to flow as it warms up during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And something too, that we've learned over the years and they're doing it with us and they're learning right alongside with us Mm -hmm. um, is like what trees are the best to tap and what side of the tree based on where the sun is facing. Wow. Um, Yeah. So like, yeah, there's a lot of learning involved and and some of it we're learning along right alongside of them. Um, And then down to like getting into the kitchen. And this is where, you know, other, like a lot of other things that you're doing, even when you're boiling pasta, when Mm -hmm. we're boiling down the sap, we're talking about the evaporation and they're seeing the water level get lower. So they're visually seeing things. They're making their own observations. They might have questions along the way. Um, And it's a great learning experience for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it could be like, even in the kitchen too, it could be as simple as like melting butter. They're seeing those states of matter change from a solid to a liquid using heat. Um, So there's just a lot of learning that can be done in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, There's learning that can be done in gardening. We do a lot of gardening ourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. With like the vegetables and the fruits. I personally like the idea of letting the kids like be responsible for their own plant. Um, you know, if they're super young, they'll have them do it alongside of you. But as they get a little older, right. give them that responsibility mm-hmm. and let them take care of their own plant. Um, and by doing that, they're, they're put in charge. They have this um, feeling about like themselves, like it's, they, they get more invested in the learning. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah. And then they're doing those, those skills, those processes that we talk about where they're, Mm -hmm. they're making the observations, they're seeing what's happening. If something's not going right, they're going to form hypotheses. Like what's Mm -hmm. going on here? Why do I think this is happening? Maybe there, maybe it needs more water. Uh, Maybe it needs more sunlight and Mm. they're going to experiment and they're going to investigate. And like we said before, like they might fail, but that's right. okay because they're learning like, okay, well, I did this and it didn't work. So mm-hmm. now I know what not to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to change that for next time. Right. Um, yeah. So, and those types of lessons, they are, they stick. Yes. They're, they're not ones you forget. You know, when you yes. fail, it's, it's like, oh, check mark. Let's not do that again. Yes. <laughs> but then when they, when they are successful, they yeah. are so happy about it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like they feel this sense of accomplishment and it just, it means so much more at that point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It goes both ways. Definitely. Yes. Can you talk a little bit, you talked about parents learning alongside their kids. I think that's intimidating to many parents <laughs> to not have all the right answers and to not know it, um, what they're always doing. How, um, 
how can a parent who feels intimidated about that really start letting go of not having to know everything in order to teach really what they need to teach? Yeah. So I think understanding too, that like, you don't need to have all the answers. It's understanding that it's actually helpful for your children because Mm -hmm. you're essentially you're modeling for them. Like if you don't know something, you're modeling for them what to do. And you're also modeling that, like that whole, that concept of failure that we were talking about, you're modeling that like, Hey, I don't know this and it's okay not to know everything. And that's like a really good thing to model for your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, you know, as you're going through that process, especially for younger kids or kids that are struggling um, to um, kind of voice everything, modeling for them, thinking out loud um, helps because you can think out loud like, hey, there's a problem here. I don't know the answer to this. Let's figure this out or help me. Let's figure this out together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, verbalizing the whole process really helps to model for those kids who do struggle with that. Yeah, I, I want to really touch on that, that that verbalizing and that dialogue that you were talking about. Um, I know in previous conversations, we uh, we've brought that up even with like speech and language therapists and how much parents don't talk as much as they should yes. just to even model um, good um sentence structure and composition. We we forget that our speech we just kind of keep it inside that dialogue and how important it is to be talking what we're yes. thinking because our kids need to know that um, they need to go through that process with us and realize it's something that we're doing as we're, we're cooking, as we're, you know, doing all these things around the house um, so that they understand we just don't get it. There's, there's things going on up here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. I hear my, my son going, and I should. And then I hear myself doing the same thing. And I'm going, oh, he caught it from me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So other than, um, so you you talked a little bit about kitchen and gardening. Um, What are some ways specifically that, you know, like those activities and other activities, if we can dive into those and others that parents can start making that shift to incorporate um, discussions about what's going on that that is scientifically related um, that kids could pick up on and learn from. So like what other examples like around the house and yeah, like exactly. Cool. Yes. Um, so home repairs, like even little hmm. fixes, that would be a really great area. Um, it could be, you could be talking about like basics of like, forces like push base simple pushes and pulls um simple machines whether you're using mm-hmm. like the screwdriver and you're talking about the screw um if like fixing a bicycle if your kid loves to ride a bicycle and you have yeah, them helping to fix right. the bicycle you're talking about those gears mm-hmm. um and those are all things that you can talk about um out loud with your children um and getting them to like think critically and problem solve with you Mm-hmm. Um, the outdoor learning, like I, I am very, very big on the outdoor learning and I could talk for hours about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just going outside with your kids is yes. a great way, um, to incorporate those conversations and to look for things. Hmm. And there are so many different cross cutting concepts in science that you can observe just by being outdoors. Huh. Um, so yeah. do you, do you mind if yeah, I go into those of, a little? Do, okay. I, yeah, dive into them a little bit. Okay, yeah. Because I, I can talk forever, so you stop me. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're okay. doing good. This this is great content. Because I yeah. think sometimes we we lose ourselves at, well, what do I do now? And I think it, getting into the, the everyday, oh, I'm in this space. Yes, there's science here too. <laughs> yes. We forget that because we just so get so caught up. Yes, yeah. So like the, the kitchen, the gardening, um, the home repairs, outdoors. I love it. Outdoors is free. You don't need to, you know, pay to be right. outside. Yeah. Um, so you can explore your own backyard. Um, you could watch from out the window, you know, mm. if it's too cold, you know, like right now it's freezing by us. Yeah. Um, you know, nature hikes. Um, I personally suggest keeping like a nature journal so you can like yeah. document stuff, mm-hmm. draw as you go. Um, and it helps them to like maybe focus a little bit more versus right. just getting out and running around and, yeah. you know, 
um, and giving them even like challenges. Like I give my kids challenges. Like when we go on nature hikes, I might give them a challenge. Like um, we're going to look for, you know, all the colors of the rainbow today and see how many colors they can find. And it helps them to really focus and um, practice those observation skills. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be surprised too at how many questions arise during that, you know, like even just simple, like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of questions that come up. So the cross-cutting concepts that you could be learning when you're outside are things like, you know, observing patterns. Um, And and maybe these are part of those challenges that you give to your kid. Like how many patterns can we find today? Mm. Um, You can find like the little swirl patterns in seashells or seasonal patterns, like with the changing of the leaves, Um, you know, looking for as many different color leaves as you can find. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause and and effect relationships. Oh, yeah. Um, So when you're outside, you might be looking, uh, you know, focusing on the weather and Mm -hmm. how does the weather affect some of the animals or the things that live in that area. Um, Uh You know, are there birds flying to warmer areas? Is it getting too cold? Or do you see birds coming in, um, depending on where you live? Right. Um, You're learning about systems. Like we live Mm -hmm. in a forest area. So we, we, that's our ecosystem that we're learning about. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can learn about the different plants and animals and how they're interconnected, how do they react to one another, Right. Um, you know, and what they're doing. And a lot of times like, um, that's, that's also where the questions arise too. Like we saw this bird sitting with its wings out, just very, huh. very still. And my kids were wondering, you know, what's, what's that bird doing? Why is it there? Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of telling, like me telling them, um, although I could very easily be like, well, this is what it's doing. Right. Um, uh-huh. I started questioning with them to like encourage mm. their questioning. Cause I think yeah. questioning is yes. so super important. important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started questioning, I don't know. I don't know why it is. Let's see where it's like, where is it sitting? Is it sitting in the sun? Is it sitting in the shade? And then we, it, it, you know, we make more observations and we try to come up with a um, theory, an idea of like, why is this bird sitting there? Right. Um, you know, and then maybe like, let's see the other birds. Are they also sitting in the sun? Hmm. Maybe it, maybe it is trying to keep warm. Things like that. Wow. Um, yeah. 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 The, those questions are so important because um, I, and I think, yeah, a couple interviews ago, someone had said, why do we answer their questions right away? <laughs> Instead of saying, well, what do you think? And and we're, you know, leading them to the right answer instead of just giving them the right answer. We yes. live in a place where they could look up the answer instantly, but we've lost the ability to to really question why things happen when I, I we have think- too many answers. And I think that's part of it too. Like you're talking about the way our society is where, you know, we can like, I mean, we have Google at our fingertips. So exactly. it's so easy. And we're used to that, like instant gratification and getting that. And in addition, we, we live in a very rushed society, essentially. Right. So we always feel like, I know, I know I do it. I definitely have moments where I am guilty of this, where I just feel rushed and I just want to give them an answer and move on because I've got, you know, X, Y, and Z to do. Um, so that is also hard to pull back and be like, let's slow down. Like, let's, you know, like let their questions happen. Let's guide Mm -hmm. and and ask questions with them. Um, and that's, that's a struggle. I, I have struggled with that myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think it, it is a constant just in this day and age. Um, and instead of allowing them to, to kind of dig in and figure out, you know, that in, yeah, making that shift, having those conversations, you know, changing, speaking science into life. I, I, I remember when you when you talked about something, it brought up just a vivid memory. My dad's an engineer, an electrical engineer, and then I became a physicist. But he always said to me, I have more mass, you have less acceleration. And, you know, when talking about force, because force is mass times acceleration, I'm like, oh, that means I have to push really hard to get the same force as my dad, you know, because <laughs> yes. if we'd be playing tug of war, you know, it would, I would never win because <laughs> I was too little. Um, but, but those things get set into you um, when you bring just those, 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 concepts into everyday life because they they become part of your framework instead of just being oh we closed that book now that's done let's move on to you know whatever is is next and actually real um 
And so, yeah, that's, that's so important. So what about family? You know, we talked about individual, but what about like as a group? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you can do as a family and we, we as a family like to get out in nature and we do field trips um, to all different types of places. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that we personally love doing, I, and I know this may not be the case for everybody, but we do love um, visiting different national parks um, uh, yes, and the national parks too. have these great junior ranger programs. Yeah, uh-huh. You can a, do them as adults too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, kid. <laughs> I partake in them with my kids, but I, I love it just as much as they do. And then mm-hmm. they get these cute the little badges. badges yes. We have a whole bunch earn. of those. <laughs> um, but they get like, my kids get so into it and they get so involved and they're filling out their little notebooks and we've done like mm-hmm. the junior ranger led programs and hikes. Um, yeah. and it's a lot of fun to do as a family. And, um, so that's enjoyable and just other places too: science museums, botanical mm-hmm. gardens, um, farms, aquariums, zoos. Oh, There's yeah. so, so many places, um, mm-hmm. to go. Um, we, uh, in the swell was when it was warmer, we did a, like a geological site and we did, um, mining and they got to see the rocks. My kids are obsessed with rocks. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so they, they loved like digging for stuff like that. Um, and then we have a site near us too. Um, I guess it depends on where you live, but we have a site where you can actually go, um, and look for fossils. And we, you know, looked through the stream and found a bunch of fossilized shark teeth. And it was a real Neat. fun learning experience. Absolutely. Um, so it's definitely worth it to look at, like, you know, go online, look at what's in your area, see what you can explore together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I would highly recommend that. Yeah. And I would say, you know, based on your, your family's interest too. Yeah. We love camping. And, and yes. so the national parks have been, one of our favorite places to take our kids when they were, were young. But, you know, sometimes we just go to a campground and I have like a, a set of just some digging things. And usually campgrounds, you know, you, you can just, yeah. <laughs> as long as you clean everything up, it's, it's always kind of just a little dirty anyways. And I would just let them go, let them get as dirty as they wanted to get during the day and then just wash them at night before they went to bed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And th- we have like some very basic things that we like let them use for exploring, like little nets um, oh, yeah. Yeah. and the magnifying glasses. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the little shovel, they love to dig and see what's yes. in the dirt uh-huh. um, and just letting them explore. And that's how those right. like questions come up. And we, um, mm-hmm. I know some people keep do like what they call like a wonder wall and they have like a big oh. bulletin and that's where they'll, they'll put their questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have like a big bulletin or anything, but we just keep like a little journal, a little notebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that way, um, when they do have those questions, when they do arise, if we can't experiment and explore right then and there, we write oh, them down for idea. like a later time. Later. That's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when we were talking about before with the questioning, Mm-hmm. where um, sometimes we just don't have the time and we just want to move on and don't let them. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want them to ever really feel like, you know, stop asking questions. I want that to be something that they, you know, carry throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that little notebook is something that's been beneficial for us too, because we write down the question. Um, they feel like their questions are important and we can come right. back to them later, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah. Cause we don't always have time for those rabbit trails. And so like, I love it. It's a delayed rabbit trail, basically. Yes, yeah, <laughs> We'll get to that eventually. And, but, but yes, for them to know that it's important that yes. their, their question matters and there's an answer that we can seek together and find. And, um, instead of, oh, we just got to get this done. And, you know, we have these other things to go. I, you know, I remember those days and, um, what a great idea. I love that. Um, definitely yeah. wish I would have had it in my <laughs> pocket. Um, yeah. so then, yeah. Well, speaking nope. of the family things you were mm-hmm. asking me before yeah. too, mm-hmm. um, we also do something called family STEM nights. Oh, um, fun. yeah. So we incorporate, um, we don't do it often. Maybe like I will recently, <laughs> recently we haven't done it, um, because we've just been so, so overwhelmed with life. Yeah. Um, but we like to, yeah, <laughs> we like to do like maybe like once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have like a family STEM night where we have some sort of challenge, Um, and then the girls, my girls made like these little paper cup trophies. And if you win the challenge, you get to keep the trophy in your Uh, room, you know, next to your bed or whatever for uh the month until the next challenge. 
Um, Very cool. So, which was really cute. So we've done some, you know, like where we've, like, for example, we've built um, boats and we Mm. had to see whose boat could hold um, the most. We have the little counting bears. Oh yeah. Um, uh-huh. So we use those, but you can use pennies or whatever, but oh, yeah. his boat yeah. can hold the most of whatever object. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we built the boats as like a family, everyone built their own. Um, mm-hmm. And then they got to explore and play with it during bath time. So like during bath time, they uh, had their little boats and they would test yeah. it out to see which one floated. Um, hmm. It was really fun. That's um, really cool. Yeah. And another one we did just for some examples of people are considering yeah. doing STEM family mm-hmm. nights. Um, we happen to be reading the story about, um, the three little pigs with the big bad wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did, um, house building and they had to build a house uh-huh. that could withstand the wolf, uh, the, the wind from the wolf's breath. Um, and I had, I actually brought it. I'm so, I'm like a hands-on person. Yeah. Um, so I had a little wolf and mm-hmm. we cut the mouth out and this is where my uh-huh. hair dryer went. Oh, so okay. Hair, yeah. So the hair dryer would go in here. <laughs> And then the big bad wolf would come and we would turn the hairdryer on and we would see whose house was still standing. Um, and they actually really got into that. My, we didn't, we built once, um, but my kids continued because they wanted oh, wow. to keep testing it out. They were so involved. Um, and when like parts, even if like some of the house stood, but parts of it mm-hmm. fell down, they were so motivated. Like, let me try again. And they went and rebuilt it, um, redesigned it. Mm. And then, then they wanted to bring the big bad wolf back out and yep. test it again. They were so excited. And they did this about three or four times until they wow. had like a solid structure where huh. nothing, nothing blew off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so many good lessons to learn in that, that a book would never cover and they would never remember. Yes. Um, I just remember my son, you know, building lots of Legos and, and at first, you know, in their mind, it's like, oh yes, I'm going to build this and it's all going to stay together when I pick it up. And then, you know, like everything falls off. And, and I, I learned a very quick lesson when I, when I asked, well, do you think maybe there's a better way to build that so it stays together? And then it was like the spark went off in him and all of a sudden he just started, you know, experimenting. Um, but just asking that question, do you think there's a better way? Yes. Um, you know, and, and realizing just because it was in your mind and it, it seemed like it should be good doesn't mean that that's always going to work out. And now this child is an actual biomedical engineer. <laughs> so um, that that curiosity has carried him forward. Um, but, but yes, and just, I love that. I love that, you know, that they continued on with with creating and I'm sure they came up with different trusses and structures that probably you wouldn't have even come up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they always surprise me with stuff like that. It's, it's really fun to watch That's you know, when really they get cool. so into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and they have, like, there's a lot of companies out there too that will have different STEM kits and things yeah. like that that you mm-hmm. can look up. So, like, if you don't, you know, have a particular idea, there's so much that you can find online to come up with those, like, STEM night activities. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be super creative or be a scientist yes. yourself. Um, there's lots of help out there. That's, yeah. that's where all those internet resources come in handy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the family nights as well are very exciting. Like I know my kids love it, especially because like daddy gets involved. Right. And it's usually, it's usually mommy that's doing all the, you know, teaching and the hands-on stuff mm-hmm. with them. Um, you know, and he's out working during the day. And then, so like when he comes right. home in the evenings um, and we have those times, like it's really special and they like, they really Absolutely. love when he gets involved. Yeah. Absolutely. That's neat. Yep. And adds a different dimension when, when dad fails too. <laughs> Not yes. <just> mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So true. Uh, that's great. So yeah. like, what about movies and literature um, to add into that mix? Yeah. So I personally love like living science books. Um, they are books that, that basically tell a story but they're also mm-hmm. getting those like science concepts across um, the, I, I wrote it down the first science story series, uh, storybook series, a first science mm. storybook series. That's one of my favorites, especially for younger kids. Um, but it basically tells a story um, with those scientific concepts. Uh, Magic school bus okay. is a very popular one. Oh, um, yeah. 
Arborddale Publishing also has some incredible books. Hmm. Um, they're worth looking into. Um, one one of our favorites mm-hmm. is Cactus Hotel. Huh. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a story all about this cactus and mm-hmm. all the different um, animals that come to visit and basically um, live off of it, whether it's, you know, it's oh, providing okay. them food or shelter mm-hmm. or a home. And it's just showing like the interconnectedness right. um, within a desert ecosystem. But it's mm. done in like the form of a story. And Neat. I feel like it makes it, yeah, it makes things like more enjoyable, more relatable. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Rather than you know you know the typical text textbooks, right? Um, yeah. And then mm-hmm. I am a big. I, I brought another one too. I'm a big yeah. fan of the um, Paper Pie, the the Usborne Books and More. Stuff, oh yes, uh-huh. um, because they do have that like you know nonfiction stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not so like dry. Um, and it's right. done like it just has like beautiful like images mm-hmm. they have like especially for like the younger kids i mean even even me as an adult i enjoy yeah, I know. like a little like <laughs> open the little the, doors and yeah. yes <laughs> and and it's all done with like bite-sized um pieces yes. of information so mm-hmm. you're not getting so overwhelmed with stuff and you do you don't obviously read the book all at once but you do right. like a page here and like a little mm-hmm. flap there um, and they're just right. beautiful, beautifully illustrated, yeah. um, and smaller chunks of information to mm-hmm. handle versus like a ton of information that you're not going to retain. Right. Yeah. My kids always liked those books that had the little sidebar, you know, like a little paragraph here and over here, you know, on the pages that just gave it like a, a snack of information, you know, yes. and it was enough to, to kind of jumpstart something, you know, a yes. question or uh, really. And then, you know, you'd see them running out somewhere to, to discover, <laughs> was that true? Um, or yeah, it's, it just is enough but not so overloading that they're like, yes. okay, I'm done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause it, it yeah. becomes too much. Right. So yeah. But yeah. yeah you want and to then spark that curiosity, like you were talking about before. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we, I actually, I have a whole blog article about different TV shows that are great for science. Um, but I know one that I really enjoy is the wild crafts. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild crafts is always good. And then we, my kids like um, the cat in the hat knows a lot about that. They enjoy, they enjoy him. Um, But yeah, there's, I have a whole blog about like TV shows um, that are really great for science and for different ages. Yeah. So I would love um, in for our show notes coming up, if you could share some of those, um, those book resources as well as that blog link and then um, our viewers and listeners can just click directly on those from the notes so that they can can find all that information. Um, I know as a parent, you know, you just feel sometimes I'm just so overloaded. I got so much to do. Can somebody just give me, uh, you know, an idea? <laughs> yes. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many days I remember and just being completely wiped out of ideas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Going, yeah. I just need something in front of me. Um, yeah, I'll absolutely share those with you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And so and another thing you had said that you wanted to talk about was um, a citizen um, science projects. Yeah. So about that. Yeah. So citizen science projects, um, especially for like um, the older kids as well. This is like a great thing to get involved in. And you can do that as a family as well. Hmm. Um, But they're they are basically um, ways to like become actual scientists where you're, you're helping, you're mm-hmm. gathering research and collecting data mm-hmm. to wow. help actual scientists. Hmm. Um, and there's so many to choose from. And again, I can share the websites as well. Yeah, there's that'd something be great. called, um, SciStarter and then citizenscience.gov. Um, hmm. so I wrote that, those down. Um, and those SciStarter, I really liked because of the way it's set up. It's very easy to navigate and you can hmm. pick, um, like the topic that you're most interested in. If you're interested in getting outdoors or you're interested in animals or you're interested Mm -hmm. in space, um, it'll narrow it down for you and show you the types of projects that are out there Hmm. um, and, and focused um, in your area as well. You can type in your location Hmm. uh, and it'll give things that you can do um, from home. Um, That's neat. Yeah. So so what what have you 
done any in the past and what, what have they been that you've so been involved I, with? I, I haven't, well, actually, no, we've done, we've done one where we were um, documenting like certain animals that we would see in our yard. Um, huh. That's the only one that we've done. And um, iNaturalist is one of the apps that you can use hmm. um, to upload and report your findings. Okay. Um, so like, like, for example, like if you're, um, doing, I know they have like a bird watching one. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing the bird watching, you would go and you would, you know, take note as to what birds you have in the area. You can snap a picture if you're able to Mm -hmm. get a picture, um, and upload that. Um, we had seen a, um, bobcat. So we had uploaded that, that there was one in the area, Mm -hmm. um, and uploaded that to the site to show like the date, the time when we saw it uploaded the photo, Hmm. um, but yeah, so there's all nice. kinds of things. So we've done the ones with the animals, mm-hmm. um, but they have a wide variety of stuff. And they even have a few um, like books that you compare to. I know, um, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of the one, it was about bats. Um, I forget the title of it, but I can share with you some of those books. Right. Um, <laughs> but they have like the citizen science ones, um, like the books that go along with uh, the activity as well. Um, there's mm-hmm. one about um, the water, like finding the little macro invertebrates. So like, um, okay. they're basically like insects that live in the water. Um, mm-hmm. but then they grow to be adults. They come out of the water. Um, like a dragonfly would be one. Okay. So like huh. the baby dragonfly lives in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as it becomes an adult, it comes out and then it flies around and it's no longer in the water. Hmm. Um, but those macro invertebrates are a sign of how clean the water is. So finding those oh, in okay. your um, waterways is a sign that you have like very healthy um, water. Um, mm. So they, they that's another citizen science project, like looking for those macro invertebrates and looking under the rocks for them. Mm. Um, so there's just, there's a lot out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. Cause then eventually that data will be published somewhere yes. and, and your kids know they're contributing to something more than just a lesson that they're helping inform other people. And, um, and they're, they're part of something bigger that we, that's something we all want. Um, yes. and, and how neat that, yeah, well, we finished science this year, but no, we contributed to a, a study and let's, you know, I can't wait to see what everybody else observed or, you know, hear yes. about that and, yeah. Yes. And how, what we did made an impact. Yeah. And then depending on where you live too, I know like there was like a big thing about like, you know, all the cicadas that are coming out and I know there's going to be another yeah. um, brood that comes out, but in other locations um, mm-hmm. across the U S um, and that was something too. They have a specific app that you can mm. record, like when you see them emerge um, okay. and, and then it tracks them. It like tracks like where they're emerging, mm. when are they, and it keeps track of their populations. Um, so that's yeah. another fun one to get involved in. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds so. like there's, there's quite a bit of different opportunities. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. So is there anything else that we missed? I think we kind of covered everything that was was on our list. Um, if you are watching and you have any questions, you're like, okay, how do we do this? Um, definitely put those in the feed. Um, we're broadcasting live to Facebook, um, YouTube, um, Twitter, Instagram. So, um, so yeah, we would love to, to know what you think too. Um, I just know that science has made, you know, incorporating science has made such a difference in my kids' lives and just how they observe the world and, and live in it. Um, so since you've been homeschooling now for about four years, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So how have you seen your kids' um, idea of, of science change by going this, you know, taking this route versus a traditional route? So they, I just, I find them to be very like inquisitive and I find that a lot of the skills that they're learning um, with science also like carry over into other aspects of their life as well. No, yeah. Um, You know, so like no matter what the subject is, Hmm. they're applying some of those same skills, um, you know, like the way that they're thinking and the way that they're Mm. asking the questions and um, just even being able to like communicate their results, being able to do that, like across the field. Like I just, I find that like, that's like the biggest thing that I'm seeing it, Hmm. um, play out in other aspects of their life as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and how freeing for you to <laughs> to be able to teach you know with such confidence this way um because i like when we started the conversation i was talking about you know how just apprehensive a lot of parents feel with saying oh but i didn't check all those boxes off i didn't get that book opened you know um but but look down long run is, is where you know i really want to take it is because now all my kids are adults and do we want our kids to be box checkers and in that, or do you want them to ask why? Because there's going to be a lot of things coming up in your children's lives that you really want them to ask why about um, yes. before they just do it, <laughs> especially as they become teenagers and adults. <laughs> yes. And um, so, you know, holding on to fear that, oh, I just don't know about this. I don't know if we can approach education this way. It just doesn't. Yeah. Um, really think about the long run ramifications of just having your kids obey you and follow you versus asking you a lot of questions, asking why, understanding what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, this whole scientific mindset um, will lead them into wiser decisions all around, just like Tina was talking about with seeing her kids and how that goes into, into other subjects. And, um, and so do you find that like, even if you're reading like literature that has nothing to do with science, that your kids are, um, are asking different things about characters and, you know, how, how does that, that play out with even their decision-making um, in, in life, not just in school subjects? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're, you know, they're asking questions about the book and like, why did this character do that? And like, you know, mm -hmm. trying to find the reasoning behind things. Um, and so, yes, I see it playing out like across across the board, um, even to the point where like even within um, relationships that they have with other kids um, oh, and yes. with other people, like, you know, trying to understand um like, this is the part that always, like, impresses me. I mean, I wasn't like that when I was their age. Like, I didn't <laughs> think like that. Um, but they will, like, try to, like, understand, like, you know, maybe, you know, they did this because they were having a hard day and, like, trying oh, to come up with other, yes. like, just different ways of thinking about something versus hmm. just, like, this person was, you know, mean or not nice or, you know, and right. I'm just, like, seeing that aspect of things as well. Um hmm has been a That's real, yeah, it's like a real pleasure. And they're just like, again, like questioning, like mm. certain behaviors, like, you know, why did that happen? Or why did they do that? And right. Yeah. They're creating, jumping, yeah. You're not jumping to conclusions. Right. Yes. They're creating alternative hypotheses versus um, just, just all right, all out. Just that's, that's the, this is the, the if, or this is the, the cause and this is the effect. Yes. Um, but they're seeing that there's lots of causes and lots of different effects that come from certain causes. And yes. yeah, that's, that's a huge lesson to learn in life. And it's not something we can teach in a lesson. Yeah, <laughs> it, It's definitely a mindset change, which we were talking about at the very beginning. And I think it's important that, you know, we started this conversation talking about parents making that mindset change and being the example. And, um, so it really has to start with that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you offer parents some support and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about Little Monsters Universe and what you do there and how that can, might be helpful for some of our community. Yeah. So um, I have a social media page as well that offers different ideas um, that, you know, if you just want to pop on and look and try to get some stuff for free. And I have some freebies as well, some free sample lessons. <laughs> um, but I, I offer um, actual lessons um, that you could that you could buy. But I think the thing that I like most about what I do and um, what I really feel like sets me apart is that I offer custom um, units. Mm -hmm. So I love being able to like work directly with the parent mm -hmm. um, and sometimes even the kid, if they want the kid to join in on the conversation, you know, so yeah. I can hear what interests them. Right. Um, Those interests are so important. Yes. Um, so I really love that, like talking to the parent and the child, like learning about what they are really interested in and then kind mm -hmm. of tailoring 
um, stuff to them. So someone that may like not feel that comfortable with science or the conversation about science, needing that extra help and guidance um, is something that I can provide, but also allowing them to kind of um, guide the topic. Like what are they interested in? And Mm -hmm. like, for example, um, I had worked with someone who their child was like obsessed with mermaids Wow. And they were like, how can we incorporate science yeah. to this? Um, and, but it was fun. It got me like, you know, having to think outside of the box and like, how right. can I, you know, relate science to mermaids, you know? Hmm. Um, and so I helped them to come up with um, activities and lessons where they were exploring sound um, underwater and above water. Um, oh, cool. And so like that, you know, cause like then we talked about the mermaids right. going underwater and how yeah. are they going to hear underwater? How do they hear above mm-hmm. water? Um, and so that was like really fun. I, I enjoy, I like, I like those challenges. Um, how can we incorporate the science into, you know, whatever the topic might be. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had so many broadcasts talking about interest led, um, education and just how kids, their, their whole, their energy level, you know, there's just so many things involved in that, that you really want to dive into and how great to have somebody like Tina who's willing to say, yeah, let's incorporate science in that too. And here's how you do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and I love that the most, like more than like creating the lessons. And I try to create lessons that, you know, you can kind of be flexible with and tailor to your needs and stuff. Um, But again, like, you know, whatever the topic is, like I am, I'm always open to it. Awesome. And so your website is littlemonstersuniverse.com. And then how can people find you on, you said Instagram is? Yeah, Instagram. Yep, Little Monsters Universe. Universe. Um, I am on Facebook and TikTok as well. I hardly ever use TikTok, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Most homeschoolers are on Facebook um, in general. Uh, I think the younger ones more so on Instagram, which. Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook and Instagram, I'm on like the most. That's the ones I keep up with more regularly. Mm hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And um, so definitely check out your, her website um, and we'll include that link as well in the show notes, as well as the Instagram account. So you can um, pop to those as well. Um, But this has been such an enjoyable conversation, Tina. I've loved hearing your ideas and helping us to think um, more so outside of just general um, science education. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, thank you. So. I, I enjoyed this. I love, Good. I love talking science. Yes. <laughs> well, well, we appreciate you talking science because we don't talk about that that much on the show and I love it. Um, it's not a wonder why my kids like science being <laughs> a physicist myself. So uh, yeah. everything's an experiment in my life and that turns out kind of, different than (laughs) a lot of things, but you can't say I didn't try it. (laughs) So, um, but that's awesome. And I, I just, um, I look forward to hearing how this grows. I know you started little monsters universe about a year ago, you said, and yeah. yeah. So, um, so we'll definitely be checking back in with you again. And, um, Mm -hmm. but I'm excited that you have a resource out there for homeschoolers. And so, yeah. Yeah. And again, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us. I know we've had a lot of viewers um, on and you've been quiet, but I hope you had a good lunch. (laughs) This is a good lunch break. Um, Why not add to your lunch break a mind shift? Um, You can find more episodes of Empowering Homeschool Conversations um, either on YouTube or on our podcast, Empowering Homeschool Conversations, um, that is produced by Life Audio or on any other podcasting network that um, that you might listen to your podcast from. Um, and Tina will share some more notes with me, links and stuff, and I'll make sure to get those in the show notes so that you can um, directly access those. And make sure you visit her website at littlemonstersuniverse.com. And we just appreciate everything that you shared with us today, Tina. It's been, um, it, it's just been a delightful conversation. Um, yeah. So next week, we are going to talk about um, reading resilience, empowering parents with four strategies to support struggling readers. So if you've got a struggling reader and nobody knows somebody who has a struggling reader, definitely join us back next week. Um, same time, same places. Um, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be here, but um, 1230 Central on um, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, um, Twitch, 
Instagram. Yeah, you name it, we're there. <laughs> so, um, but join us for that conversation. Um, Dr. Levy is going to share with us um, some insight on reading and just some things that you can do as a parent to really help your struggling reader. So um, thank you all for joining us. Thank you again, Tina. Appreciate you sharing your time and um, God bless you all. And we'll see you next week. Bye everybody. Thank you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.